Welcome to Words Matter with Katie Barlow and Joe Lockhart. And now, Katie's final word. 65 years ago on Friday, the United States Supreme Court decided the landmark case Brown v. Board of Education, which famously struck down separate but equal and said that segregated schools and facilities deprived African-American children of a richer, fairer educational experience. The case was sparked by third grader Linda Brown, who was turned away from Sumner Elementary School in Topeka, Kansas, and her father brought suit on her behalf. The decision was 9-0, written by Chief Justice Earl Warren at the time, But there's still more work to do. In fact, the University of California at Los Angeles just released a report 65 years after Brown looking at how segregation is still an issue throughout this country. And back in March, we gave Linda Brown the final word during Women's History Month. And given the important anniversary, we want you to hear her again to honor the 65th anniversary of one of the most important judicial decisions in American history. This week, once again, we give Linda Brown the final word. It all started for me on a balmy day in the fall of 1950 in the quiet Kansas town of Topeka when a mild-mannered black man took his plump seven-year-old daughter by the hand and walked briskly four blocks from their home to the all-white school and tried without success to enroll his child. The child of whom I speak was I, Linda Carroll Brown, and my father, the late, Reverend Oliver Leon Brown. Black parents in Topeka felt that the day of trying to enroll their children in the school nearest to their home was long overdue. Many were the evenings my father would arrive home to find my mother almost in tears because I would get halfway to the school bus stop, which was a seven-block walk from my home. I could only make half that walk because the cold would get too bitter for a small child to bear. I can still remember starting that bitter walk and the terrible cold that would cause my tears to freeze upon my face. I would return running as fast as I could. I had to cross a very busy avenue in order to catch the school bus, which would carry me more than two miles across town to the all-black Monroe Public School. These were the circumstances which so angered black parents. My father pondered why. Time stood still as the highest court of the land pondered over Brown versus Board of Education until an afternoon in May of 1954 when I was in school, my father at work, and my mother at home doing the family ironing and listening to the radio. At 12.52 p.m., the announcement came. The court's decision on ending segregation was unanimous. My mother was overwhelmed. On returning from school, I learned of the decision, which at that time meant only to me that my sisters wouldn't have to walk so far to school the next fall. That evening in our home was much rejoicing. I remember seeing tears of joy in the eyes of my father as he embraced us repeating, thanks be unto God. That night, the family attended a rally given by the local NAACP and held at the Monroe Public School. 
The following school term was so very different, but not for me, because I was never to benefit from the now famous decision. For during the 54 school term, I entered junior high school, which was already on an integrated basis, as were the high schools in the city. The latter 50s found my family living in Springfield, Missouri, where my father held the pastorate of Benton Avenue AME Church. At this time, newspapers and magazines began to do follow-ups on me and my family because the significance of the Supreme Court decision which carried our name was beginning to really take hold throughout the country. It was during this time that I inherited much of the recognition that might have gone to my father had it not been for his untimely death in 1961 at the age of 42. If he had lived, I'm sure he would have become a strong civil rights activist in the movements of the 60s. Little did he know that years ago, when he stepped off the witness stand, he stepped into the pages of history. I didn't understand what was happening then, but it was clear that Brown versus the Board of Education was a necessary victory. It might have been a little flame, but it served to set off a mighty flame. I ran across a quote in a new book by one of our black women authors, and her name is Mildred Pitts Walters, that I believe says it all. It is not the treatment of a people that degrades them, but their acceptance of it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Words Matter. Please rate and review Words Matter on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers. 